All right. I am so excited. This is my first time sitting in this seat. So normally on podcasts, I get to be the one being interviewed. This is the first time I am putting myself in the other seat. And I've invited um, someone who's become a really dear soul sister to me over the past nine months the course of this evolution training program, Hina Patel, to be here. And we interestingly have found that we've had intersections of our life through the arts, um, where we both have originated our careers. And here we find ourselves diving into this deep initiation of the nervous system. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with Hina here is that I have just been so in awe of the way she dove into this work, but through listening to what was already happening in her life, to the way she was already being invited into leadership, and the way that this work has woven um, into the invitation she was already answering in her own healing, in um, the leadership that she's called to do, to the magic and the medicine she's wanting to bring into the world. And I would just uh, I just wanted to be able to share that with more people. And so we're just going to dive into a little conversation. So welcome, Hina. Thank you for being here. Thank you for just your beautiful, I just always am in awe of how the, the depth of your vulnerability that you so freely offer to the world, I think is just part of that medicine that you bring. And so thank you for sharing that with us. Um, yeah. Okay. So where do we want to start? <laughs> um I'm really curious to know so I know so much about the you know like evolution we we often feel like this pull towards this program like for our professional development and I know that's definitely part of the curiosities you've been playing with like what's coming next as you step into a new way of doing leadership and leading in the world Um, I'm curious to know if you had any idea about like the personal aspects that you would be going through or like the personal healing that would happen and sort of what's been your journey through this last, it's only been nine months, but it feels like it's been like three years. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very true. And I'm trying to put myself into, um, Hina of, I think like September, because I think I was like one of the last people to join the program. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, it came from me following my yeses as a manifesting generator. And I remember just being on that call with you and my neck, my neck was just nodding. Uh-huh. And saying, uh-huh. The whole time, the whole time. And actually I didn't join the program for what it would do for me professionally. As I, mm. I think back to that moment, it was really just me going, this is for me. Mm. that this this was the place that I needed to go it had become really clear to me in my own healing journey that I needed to go deeper into my body and understand it and nervous system stuff was whirling around me and and then someone had posted and I was like I think this might be it Mm -hmm. and and there we were And it was where I started was there has been an awareness of the leadership that I'm going to be stepping into Mm -hmm. and knowing that I needed to have more support and deepen the trust in my body and understanding of how to tend to myself 
Um, and this was where, and it felt like this was where I was going to find that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And I know decolonization and um, dismantling of inner patriarchy is something that is very important to both of us. And I'd love to hear how this journey has really brought that forward or highlighted different aspects of that understanding of your own nervous system working through the healing process and the expansion process. Like, how is that coupled with the, the work that you were already doing around dismantling and decolonizing? Mm, such a good question. It was absolutely one of the big reasons I remember when we started, like, and when I was looking at who you are, or just briefly, I didn't really do much research into you, right? But just seeing <laughs> where you were speaking, right? Um, I've been in the space of doing diversity, equity, inclusion work for basically my entire professional career and mm -hmm. have been layering that with unlearning patriarchy and being at these intersections of being a brown woman in the West, right? Being a child of settler immigrants, being a settler immigrant myself, mm -hmm. coming from a country that has over 200 years mm -hmm. of colonization and that it's, we're not even a hundred years out of it. Um, my grandparents being ones who were alive and part of freedom movements, right? I being someone that is on one side of the family, the first person to be born in a city on the other side of the family, only the second generation to be born in a city. So mm -hmm. the, the like the space between village life and then migration and the trauma of migration and being a South Asian woman and more specifically an Indian woman where I have gotten great benefits from white adjacency. Mm -hmm. There has been all of these layers of wanting to unpack and going, where does this live? Where does being a female in a conservative family and a culture that has prioritized the male child, how does that show up? How does making a career of making myself palatable to the white man to advance the stories and the arts and culture of those who have been underrepresented, how does that show? Oh, damn. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> it has been this weaving or rather peeling back. And here I am, you know, when I started this program, it's still my superpower, but I would say my superpower is translation. But the meaning of what translation means now, I used to say it was translation in the context of I knew how to reef, I knew how to frame and create access points for people that are not of this culture to understand. I knew how to talk about work that comes from the global majority to those who are unfamiliar and to place it into historically white spaces in ways that it would be appreciated and understood and not appropriate. That was where my translation superpower. Mm -hmm. And now I'm discovering that my translation superpower actually comes from going what is felt and what is expressed and where are the places where those are not talking to each other and helping people make those connections. Oh my God. I'm not sure I understand. 
<laughs> it's okay, Siri. <laughs> I understand, Siri. It's okay. <laughs> that's that's so juicy. And, you know, I think you, like me on this journey, um, it's been my reflection or, or my um, witnessing of you that, you know, the, like the commitment to healing and all of these things and not sort of necessarily having an agenda around that or like an expectation, but then getting to be very um, delightfully surprised at how your voice comes more online, how that trust in those superpowers deepens because you are working through the nervous system in such a deep way and how that place where you're able to recognize where that, what we might from other language call like the sabotage, but is actually the stress response coming online to sort of go into protection, right? And and in that, so yeah, in that place where you're talking about how your superpower has evolved, what has been your, you know, like what have you experienced in yourself around like your voice sort of becoming stronger or deeper or louder or wider or whatever direction might be traveling now? Like what's been that experience? Um, Maybe where have you surprised yourself around that or delighted yourself or even sort of had that like step back moment of like, oh, wow, this is who I am now. Wow. Well, you know, I said I when I began this program, I would I said that my superpower is translation and it was a lot of cultural translation. Right. Mm -hmm. And creating space for people of the global majority and black and indigenous folks in white yeah. spaces. And the most recent thing that has been unfolding is recognizing that that's something that now I'm no longer available for. And going, as I have deepened into my awareness of my own safety cues and what feels good and where my window of tolerance is, I've seen all the ways that I've overridden my body and my window of tolerance because that is what I was told. That as a child of immigrants, I was told to make yourself as palatable as possible to the white spaces, because that is how you're going to be safe. That is how you are going to succeed. And now I'm finding, understanding what safety means for me and where I derive it and how I can rewrite those cues for safety and rewrite the ideas of where I am being attacked or not, right? To go, no, I will not give that to the external, but it comes from within and I get to choose. Mm -hmm. And I get to write these stories in my way, mm -hmm. in ways that feel authentic to me and finding greater confidence around that and going, you know, rejection, the rejection wound is the one that I began this program working with. Yeah. And seeing the ways in which, like, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to give as much power to other people anymore to say if I am loved, if I will yeah. be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so powerful that, that you, that, that empowerment piece of like, you're writing the permission for yourself now. So good. So good. And, you know, even just to put it more into the context of like the particular language 
you know, we use around the nervous system. What I'm hearing you say is that you've been healing some fawning patterns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think it's so important because I think a lot of us that are high capacity, um, successful lead already in leadership in the world can be under the um, illusion that we're not fawning. <laughs> But from the definition or, or the way that we work with bonding and evolution, right, of being this place of like anywhere we're not in our own power, right? So whether we're, whether we're finding our power through the repression, through having to push against, through the fuck you, through alienation, um, isolation, right, could be a way we're finding power or through sort of like the patronizing of the system or the p- placating into the system. And, and, you know, for me, I don't struggle with fawning personally. And I think you're, you're very much the same. Like it can be a place where like, we're sort of like, no, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to give you my power in the personal relationship. Oh, but when it comes to professional situations, (laughs) (laughs) let me put on my professional, you know, like, let me, let me do it the right way. Right. And I love hearing you talk about that place of like actually recognizing um, that overriding of your own safety in those spaces. And, and, and that it was places where you were validated from the external. You were told like, oh, you know, you're so good at this and let's have you on this council and this decision-making panel and let's promote your work this way. Like all of those places that you're getting validated for that in the world, but that it's requiring you not to listen to your own body's deep cries of like, I don't feel safe being seen here. I don't feel safe being the fullness of myself here. Um, yeah, anything else you want to add around that? Cause I just think it's so like the empowerment that you're, you're talking about having claimed is just, I mean, it delights me so much to hear you talk about that because I just think we can't understand, we don't understand what we're missing in that space of ourselves until we get onto that journey of like reclaiming it. And then it's just like the, you know, not everyone eats steak, but I do. And it's just like the juiciest steak, like that you bite into and you're just like, oh my gosh, like maybe it's a juicy um, it can be a juicy orange for those of us who don't eat meat, right? But it's like something really juicy that you're just like, oh, wow, I did not know that was going to be so juicy. Yeah, you know, it's the overriding. As I've become more aware of my window of tolerance, as I've become more aware of the impact of interactions, as I, I was very disassociated from my body several years ago. From yeah. abusive dynamics, a, a lot of different things, um, personal and professional. And what's becoming clearer and clearer, and I've, like I said, I've been doing DEI work in white-led spaces, right? One of the things I do or was doing, right. have been doing even until a week ago, right? And now I'm like, I'm you were the go-to girl. girl. You were the yeah. go-to girl. Yeah. Like, a, these spaces. And what I'm recognizing is like, I knew the cost. I would say, right? I would often talk about even those who came before me that we don't talk enough about those first few people in the room and the number of cuts they bear of paper cut by paper cut by paper cut, yeah. right? To keep that door open, to hope yeah. that someone else comes in and doesn't have to bear that. And I chose that. I will, yeah. I will own the fact that I chose that. And what I've recently become aware of or reminded of, it was a choice and is a choice. And today I no longer want that. 
I'm yeah. no longer available for that. I am yeah. the world as it is, right? We think about the politics of this country and the attack on female bodies. We think yeah. about the dynamics of this country and the attack on people of the global majority. We think about this country and where we are and the attack on queer bodies. Yeah. Right? All these different identities that I identify are identifiers for me. The yeah. world as it is, is putting my nervous system. If I open up social media or the news is giving me things that are going, you need to fight or you need to flee. Yeah. Right. So then yeah. in that space, why am I choosing to put myself in places that don't feel safe? In the places where yeah. I do have agency. Right. Right. I am like, I don't want to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's such an important conversation around listening to our own resourcing, our own capacity, our own choice. But I think there's also something here too about this journey that you've been on. <clears throat> um, and just to kind of shortcut the conversation for the for the, the sake of a quick conversation, right? Yeah. Like really coming into like accepting that you have some magic and medicine to bring out in the world that maybe culturally in your upbringing was not what you were supposed to do, right? Like not, not to be out in the world in this way. And I also hear what you're saying and like making these choices to not have to uphold where you're supposed to be and that's supposed to be in quotes, right? And, and what you should be doing also in quotes, right? To um, support the agenda of others and the, uh, the agenda of the system. And you making that choice to put your safety first, your inner safety system first, your inner window of tolerance, like what you're actually choosing first, you're making space for this new work to come through. Is that true? Like, are you? Absolutely. And like, you know, as you're saying that what was coming to mind is that like my parents and my grandparents, they, they made the, and generations before them, right? Under British rule beyond, did what they did for surviving. Their priority yeah. was survival, right? Yeah. And yeah. I have the gift of choosing to make choices to thrive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. And then that becomes these places where it's like, no, um, I don't need to do this. I don't need yeah. to get the approval from the white person or make yeah. them feel better. Others yeah. may choose to do that, but I won't. And I get yeah. to go, wait, what are the things like I'm, I'm remembering in so many yeah. beautiful ways of like the privileges and the gifts I've had of these little, little clues and hints that have existed from my childhood, right? Yeah. Of medicine and magic and spirituality and that like, I now get to go rediscover and remember. Yeah, so good. That's so good. And the biggest honor, like that's you really honoring what your ancestors have gone through, right? That the, the fact that they did survive in order to allow you to thrive rather than continuing that survival pattern just because it's what has been accepted culturally or accepted in the family, right? Like breaking those patterns to me, the way I see it is like, that is the biggest honoring of what they went through, right? And that you're choosing to make 
not the presentation of your body safe, but the actual lived experience of your body safe. Because we talk about the fawning pattern, right? Yeah. And that fawning pattern is ancestral. When you, talk, oh, fuck yes, when, you talk about, when you talk about decolonization or what yeah. the impact of colonization, right? Yeah. It yeah. was absolutely just funny. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, one of the biggest places I've had to break my fawning pattern in my professional life is around productivity. Right? Because I'm going to survive by being the most productive mixed race woman you've ever seen. Right? Like, <laughs> you're never going to question my validity you know, or why I'm there, any of those things, because I'm just going to be producing, 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 right? And that aspect of fawning was one of my biggest protections. And one of the things that kept me most out of safety, right? (laughs) Most unable to listen to my own safety, right? To my own body cues. And it took me getting sick, right? Which I think a lot of us experience, like it takes, it took my body really yelling at me before I was like, "I I need to listen to you. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was a workaholic. My, my trauma response. Yeah. I was a workaholic. It wasn't, it wasn't match girl match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that one of the things that you have really come like the, the research that's sort of um, guiding you now around what we've done in, in evolution has become your curiosity around the collective nervous system, the nervous system of groups. Yeah. You know, one of the beautiful gifts, we talk a lot in evolution about um, neuroception, right? And it's an interesting thing that's happened is that I, as I sort of really try to bring more attention and sit with that and going, what am I receiving? Um, It's not just been, what am I receiving in my body, in my own body? Um, But a lot has been starting to emerge of like, what is it? What does it mean to be listening to the field? What does co-regulation mm. look like? What is it like? One of the biggest things that really quickly evolution shifted for me was the way I am in space with other people. Yeah. Like I could, like as soon as we started talking about our core wounds, it yeah. became so easy for me to pick up on these wounds and other people in the ways they were talking. And like even in friendship shifted the way that I would be in space and respond and like and listen to them yeah right yeah. like it was it was as if like as soon every time you would sort of start bringing something up to like pay attention to universe and the goddess would send me ways to hear it in practice <laughs> in person around me yeah and I'm like oh cool practical practical experiencing and yeah. so there's this curiosity that I'm like so excited about of you know, professionally, what's evolution doing is it's shifting the way that I relate to others and I'm in space, right? Mm, Yeah. One or in a group dynamic. And, you know, now the way that I move and act and I'm in relationship period, right? Personally, professionally is really trying to sense into what is the collective nervous system? What does it mean? Right. I used to go use the framing of how do we move at the speed of trust? And what I realized is how do we move at the speed of our nervous system? Right. And the collective one that's happening. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a beautiful expanding way. That's 
letting me tap into so much more and opening up so many different ears and bodies. Yeah. 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 I think it's so powerful when we have leaders who understand how to work with their own neuroception so that they can help the field's neuroception. Because, you know, when we're listening to the nervous system, I'm going to get more information just in the words that someone's saying, right? When they're, when you're like, can we proceed? And everyone's like, yes. And you're like, you're like, no, not just from the way they said it, but from how your own nervous system responds to that information input that it's like, okay, we are not actually ready to proceed. Right. And so that ability to be a neurowise leader, you know, is just, it's so powerful. I can't wait to see, because I think you have some particular medicine around this collective nervous system. So I can't wait to see what you teach or write or what we get to hear from you around this um, as like sort of the, the research that you carry into the world. Um, I guess just to wrap it up, it, what would, what would your invitation to someone be if they're curious about healing their nervous system or learning to listen to their body more fully? Like, what would you, you know, Hina two years ago, like what would you have wanted someone to kind of guide you towards? Hmm. Such a great question. Such a great question. You know, as someone who's a dancer and that's something that you and I connected on, yeah. um, it can be a sense of like, I know my body or we hear all the time, the, the body keeps score, the body knows. Right. And I would say, I think it's like the body has the codes, but what's beautiful about this program in particular, right. Is that there's also the ways in which your body might be lying to you in the sense that it's from protection, right? And, yeah, yeah. and this framing and the way that you teach this and, um, and model this for us is, is such a beautiful way to learn discernment mm. of like to go, what is sort of truth? What is, what is this? What is maybe just a trail marker that you need to follow to yeah. get to the truth and what is actual truth, right? Because we're getting a lot of signals from our bodies, right? Um, but some of them we maybe don't need to take at surface value, right? Um, so the Hina of two years ago, it would be that like your body holds deep wisdom and the nervous system I found to be the master key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the master yeah. key yeah yeah and I've, I've just seen you make some really big decisions in your life over this last nine months based on listening to yourself and really honoring that truth and I think that you know so many times we say oh I want to I want my intuition to be working I want to know that I'm you know I, I want to do these things but then we override that listening process. And I think that you're a really amazing example of that. Anything else you want to share about yourself, your work, what's, what's on your heart? Hmm. I'm, I'm just so grateful to you, Alicia, like oh. so grateful this, there has been an unlocking of medicine um, and greater clarity on what I'm here to offer or a starting to a greater awareness around what I'm here to offer. And these tools that you've equipped me with and continue to, and 
and the work that you're doing and the way you, you bring together so much around the body, the nervous system, intuition, wisdom, and magic um, is just so profound. Like I am, mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, I want to become a trauma informed thing. And I'm like, now where I'm at, and I tell everyone that no matter whatever work I do, whomever I work with, if they are not nervous system centered, it's not for me. Because yeah. what I've realized as I do the work in my own body, as I support friends and clients in the, this work, is that for it to stick, mm -hmm. the nervous system is where you're really sort of collapsing the baselines and re really resetting, right? Yeah. Otherwise yeah. we're staying in cognitive and we're overriding and it's like, mm -hmm. it has become harder and harder. I guess like the, the downside to doing this work, it becomes harder <laughs> and harder to override your body. So like, just be prepared Sorry. for that. <laughs> just be prepared for that. Like it becomes harder, yeah. and harder to override. But I think that's yeah. a good thing. But it it is a great thing, but it it does change the pace, right? And it does change some of the engagements. And yeah, I think we should totally out the like. <laughs> all, it's not all roses and rainbows. <laughs> right, totally. Totally, those moments that you wake up and, you know, I know you've just been through one recently where you're like, oh my God, I can't do that anymore. I just, I can't do that anymore. And, you know, I think, yeah, for me, I've had those big moments, but I think a lot has just been over over time of just like things, the way that I would do things, the way that I would try and strive or hustle, or just like once you once you start healing and those coping mechanisms go offline, you have to sit with yourself in a different way. <laughs> you know? Like I used to be an eleventh hour, like I could pull anything out of my ass at the eleventh hour, and now I'm like. I mean, we got to at least back it up to the eighth hour. Like I can't get to, <laughs> I can't, I can't muster that much stress response up to get it done guys. Oh. So. <laughs> and, and though the resource yeah. and capacity and capacity yeah. increases so huge. much, right? Like my relationships totally. with my family, which have been so hard are changing. Like, at, yeah. like my relationship with the world is changing where yeah. I said earlier that the, we're under, I, there's so many ways where I can feel like I'm under attack in this world. And yet mm -hmm. I feel more okay to move in this world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So beautiful. So beautiful. Well, I'm just so grateful for you too. And I'm so grateful for the way that you just dove in. And I think you were um, even though you were kind of towards the end of joining the program, you were such, you were so willing just to let yourself explore. And I think that's just such a superpower that you have of just like, honest, I'm going to take this attunement and I'm going to see where it leads and I'm just going to guide. And I think that makes me so excited to see what you're going to create. I'm so excited for your next phase of, of coaching with people and really bringing this neuro wise aspect in, um, Oh, I'm certain, so excited. So. Like. Yeah, there was a program too. I was going to do a year ago that was like business fundamentals for artists and it still is there and it's coming yeah. out, but it's now yeah. very nervous system, like going, yes. how does this feel in your body? Do you really want right. to do this? <laughs> like it's, 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 same stuff, very different way of doing it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. And I think too, even in your own life, you've seen how every different avenue is, is applicable for working with the nervous system, right? Like the professional, like personal relationships, professional relationships, the way we're creating, it's so good. So good. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your beautiful heart. I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful to continue this walk as um, fellow leaders in this work. And we'll be sure to put um, a link to something, your IG or whatever you want us to, so people can connect with you um, and see what you're creating and playing with. And yeah, so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs>